For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Millennial Sports Talk. Michelle Margot and Ben Verlander with you for episode 16. We've got um, a lot of cool stuff for this app, actually. Yes, we do. And speaking of cool stuff, I would ask you what you've been up to this week, but I see that you have created a TikTok account oh. and are just, just pumping out the TikToks over there. Wow. I try to do two a day and I'm definitely <laughs> in like a little bit of a self-loathing phase for even downloading TikTok in the first place. That's how it starts. That's how it starts. Yeah. But so just to clarify, I'm not one of those dancers on TikTok, like the people who like do the little tutorial, whatever. I don't even know. I like to do scenes. I like to act out little scenes. Wow. Um, it's like you're an, you're an actress. That's I'm not. Doing. And again, I like really hate myself right now, actually. Like it keeps me up at night. Like why am I wasting my time on TikTok when I can be doing goes. a lot better things? So, so there's, there's phases. It starts, okay, fine. I'll just download it because there's some funny stuff I'm just going to watch. And then it turns into, well, I'm so bored and we're all quarantined. I might as well. And then next thing you know, you're Michelle and you've already pumped out like 12 TikToks in the span of four days. Yes. What do you want me to say? <laughs> I, I admit it. I'm not happy. I'm not proud. It's not one of my finer things, but yeah. I, it's on my resume now. I'm a TikToker. Yeah. But uh, on a more serious note, um, earlier this week, um, so Mr. Al Kaline of the Detroit Tigers uh, passed away and that one kind of hits close to home for me. Um, he was really close with my family, um, and I've known him since, uh, since my brother actually got drafted in, in 2006. Um, so, uh, we actually have a couple, uh, major leaguers on, uh, to talk about him later on in the episode. So, uh, I'm excited to talk to them. Yeah. Daniel Norris and John Hicks are going to be joining us, um, to also talk about the MLB proposal, um, which we'll get to in a little bit. But first I wanted to honor myself by doing the goat moment of the week. I know you get to do it like every single week, but yes. um, this and, week. And I know you, you said that you wanted to do it this week. So I am excited to hear what you have in store for us, Michelle. Yeah, everybody brace yourself. Um, <laughs> I decided to go with uh, your brother, actually, Justin. Ah. <laughs> yes, Justin and his wife, Kate, are donating their weekly MLB check to a different charity every week which is going to make a huge difference. Um, this is during COVID, obviously. They're not just like for the rest of his career going to donate. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, people can put their time and efforts into charities and helping. But at the end of the day, um, when you're giving up your personal income to, to really make a difference, I think it's great. So he and Kate get my goat moment of the week. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. Glad you did that. Step it up. Ben. Nicely done. Nicely done. <laughs> and nicely done, Justin and Kate. That's yes. honestly, it's really cool. Absolutely. Um, so back to the MLB proposal that we are going to be discussing with some of the guys yes. on our podcast today. 
So there's talk about uh, an MLB season starting in May in Arizona, which is supposed to be a centralized location. Um, all the players and coaches would stay in local hotels by themselves. Um, there would be robot umpires. Players um, would sit separately in the stands instead of being in the dugout. Um, this is to basically just get the season going. Uh, what do you think of this, Benjamin? So um, the fan in me wants baseball back as soon as possible. Um, but even the realist in me seems to think May might be a little early. I don't um, – it seems like a lot. It seems very close um, so I think there's a lot that is going to have to go into it eventually. Um, I think they will end up having to do some sort of neutral site thing, but May seems early, um, quarantining everybody and getting everybody to this one location, uh, all at the same time and all without, you know, having any contact with anybody else seems complicated. So I, I could see something along these lines happening in, uh, happening a little more and maybe in June. What, what do you think about this? Um, so I see, first of all, I don't like it at all. Um, and obviously I'm like a huge baseball fan, but um, I think of it from like a broadcasting standpoint. And in order for them to televise it, all of the, the directors, the producers, the audio guy, like there's a lot of people that have to sit together very in close tight quarters in a satellite truck um, for this to happen. Yeah. Also, uh, no matter where the guys are staying or sitting apart in the stands instead of the dugouts, whatever, you're all touching the same ball. Um, you know, a guy hits a line drive and shortstop catches it and he throws it to first base. Like they're all touching the same ball. Um, I think that in the clubhouse, you guys are all together. And if there's injuries, if someone needs Tommy John, I don't know why they're superior to anyone else and can just elect a the surgical procedure think that if someone gets hurt there's no minor leagues you can't see your family I just don't I, I I am all about sports but I just think right now it is bigger than sports and people just need to stop and I'm saying that as someone who this is my livelihood I think it's a good idea in theory but yeah. in, in, in logistical purposes, I just don't think it's gonna yeah. be good. well in terms of the the Tommy John thing you mentioned actually Chris Sale uh, like a week ago, was able to go ahead and get his Tommy John surgery despite all of this going on because it ended up actually being considered an essential surgery uh, through the doctor's office because it affects his job and it's like a year-long process to get back to healthy and him having to miss essentially two years of a career ended up being considered an essential surgery, which I found interesting. Yeah, but it's, also, it's also Chris Sale, so. That's true. So yeah, Baseball needs but, Chris Sale. But yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that's early. And I think um, I'm by no means, by no means a doctor at all. But I think there are starting to finally be some positive signs. And I think just waiting a little while longer, we'll, we'll all get the sport that we know and love back instead of having to rush to do something that could have some repercussions. Yeah. But I'm, I'm excited to talk to them about it and, and see what they think. Because part of the thing is they, they may have to be secluded from, from family for a couple months, which right. for a lot of them won't like. Or some of them may love. You just don't know. <laughs> I was about to say, which nobody would like, but that's not true. You know, come on. So this week's episode is brought to you in part by Bet Online AD. Uh, while you're waiting this out at home, you can still have some fun betting at betonline.ag. Uh, there's no NBA, no NHL, no MLB, obviously. 
Um, but there's still some stuff to bet on. You can still bet on the spelling bee. Um, you can still bet on the election. You can still bet on, uh, there's a, quite a few things you can still go on there and bet. So there's still fun to be had. Go online to betonline.ag and use the promo code MYPOD100 to receive your welcome bonus. That is MyPod100 at betonline.ag. And Millennial Sports Talk is also brought to you by True Classic Tees. It is a t-shirt brand that is based out of Los Angeles, and uh, they are on the rise. If you go to trueclassictees.com and use the code at checkout, B-L-E-A-V, you'll get 20% off. That's Believe, B-L-E-A-V, at trueclassictees.com. All right. Well, without further ado, we're going to introduce our first guest on Millennial Sports Talk today. It'll be left-handed pitcher for the Detroit Tigers, Daniel Norris. And by the way, this guy has a very interesting backstory where he, yes, he basically lives in a VW uh, VW van during the offseason and spring training. It's really intense. You should definitely Google it. Um, but he's going to give us his thoughts on um, the MLB proposal and share some stories about uh, Al Kaline. All right. Hi, Daniel. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing good. How about y'all? Good man, thanks for uh, thanks for coming on. Where are you? Uh, where are you spending this time? This quarantine self, you know, self time. What's it called? Self self quarantine. Self quarantine. Yeah. Where are you spending this? Um, yeah. So I'm actually still down here in Florida. Uh, I live in Tampa when when we're down here for camp. So um, yeah, I'm kind of just hold up here. <laughs> How's it going? We're supposed to do. Yeah, it's going good. You know, I mean, uh, I'm a uh, I feel like I was kind of born for this, so it's working out. <laughs> He's like, I've been doing this for years. That's what I, yeah. I said to somebody the other day, I, I've been practicing social distancing for 28 years. I was born for this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I'm doing just fine. Doing just fine. How about y'all? Michelle's taking up TikTok, so. I, I don't, I like really don't like admitting that actually at all, but Ben's just throwing me under the bus. Um, it's good for right now. I've read a bunch of books. I've watched, I started Game of Thrones, um, which I'm not a big scripted TV fan, but it's doing the trick right now. So, um, before we get into some serious stuff, just thought we'd warm you up a little bit. Um, we talked about, before you called in, we talked a little bit about your background and, um, your really cool, interesting backstory. So a couple rapid fire questions for you. You ready? Yep, ready to roll. <laughs> All right. So, where is the most underrated place that you've traveled? Ooh, the most underrated place I've traveled. Um, it's a tough one. Um, a tough one off the bat. Tough one right off the yeah, bat. Yeah, I, I love it. I would say I don't know if it would quantify as underrated or qualify as underrated, but um, I used to take a surf trip every year to Nicaragua. Um, it's it's kind of like a third world country in a sense and so but when I would go down there um I'd uh, I'd go down by myself and and just stay in hostels which hostels are always extremely interesting just because it's you know it's kind of like a big room with a bunch of people in it and you got like bunk beds so it's like the Um, opposite of quarantine basically yeah the opposite that would not fly right now (laughs) but you know it's like it was literally like five bucks a night. So I was like, all right, this works. And then I had met a couple people there and I would go and just, I'd give this local kid like 50 bucks for two weeks to rent a dirt bike. And then had a couple of boards stashed down there to surf. And so that, that to me, it's kind of, I, I say it's hard to call it underrated now because 
it's kind of blowing up as a surf spot recently. But um, yeah, I think that's probably my my choice. Okay, now you can only choose one to do for the rest of your life: surf or take photographs. Oh, geez, uh, surfing for sure. I love, <laughs> I love, I love taking photos. But I think like part of my lifelong dream is, uh, you know, play baseball as long as I can until I can't, and then just kind of surf every day for the rest of my life. Just, so I think I do love taking photos, but I, I'd rather surf. <laughs> Um, that'd be a pretty sweet, you know, play baseball as long as you can and then just surf off into the sunset. That'd be pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, my, that's my dream. That's my dream. Um, okay, what is next on your bucket list? Next place to go. Um, talking about getting down to Indonesia at some point in the near future. So I think that's like our, my bucket list surf trip right now. Fiji's um, really good for surfing too, no? Yeah, Fiji is, yeah. But that's probably yeah, over that, overrated yeah. more than underrated. <laughs> it, yeah, a lot of like when you get into like Tahiti and all that stuff, like those are great surf spots, but they're also extremely heavy waves, and like only people that are good at surfing big heavy waves surf those. So I don't want to die yet. Um, <laughs> so I know I know my place in surfing, and I'm more than happy with it. But two more questions for you. You're doing great so far. <laughs> you have done a lot more than the average person in your life and you've faced some pretty scary situations um you've traveled to third world countries you've traveled alone you have beaten thyroid cancer which is very close to home for me my dad's had it three different times um what is your biggest fear i think we're all living our own path you know i I think that everybody is after you know their you know, personal legends per se, you know, it's just kind of, we're chasing something and, and that's a dream. And I think my biggest fear is, I guess, you know, truly not fulfilling that. Um, that kind of seems cliche, but I, you know, baseball has been my passion and my life, you know, for 26 years now. And I, I just, for me, um, I'm so grateful to be where I'm at and, and to be able to work hard every day to just continue playing ball. But, um, you know, and, and obviously there's a day that's going to come when, when it stops. And I think, I, you know, we all hope it's on our own terms. But um, I think the biggest fear is just kind of like a, a failure sense. And yeah. not that that's, you know, you know, I mean, it's just like, oh, I don't I kind of want to play until I feel like it's over. But then again, I say that and I'm like, I don't know if I'd ever want to stop. You know, I'd have to be right. forced to not play. So it's a tough it's a tough thing. But I think. You know, to answer honestly, I think it's just one of those. That's the thing that keeps you up at night is when you're like, oh, you know, that's what we think about as ball players. It's just like being successful, feeling good about the work you're putting in, and, and all of that. And so, I guess you know, that's the one thing that has been on my mind for my whole life. I guess. Yep. All right. Last question: What's something that people cannot Google and find out about you? I don't know if it's like, I don't know. I'm pretty. I'm pretty shy. I guess. Like, I don't. Unless I'm, if, unless I know you like super well, and we're like hanging out. Like I, I'm pretty. Uh, I don't know. I've just been in scenarios before where it's like if we're with a group of friends and somebody will come up to me after and like, <laughs> didn't say one word. Are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I had a good time. <laughs> yeah, it was great. <laughs> yeah, great. That was awesome. I, they're like, well, why didn't you speak? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> so, I think that I'm pretty. You know, I'm pretty reserved when it comes to 
that kind of stuff. I don't know if that's Googleable or not. <laughs> no, it's, it's definitely not. Yeah. Um, so, Daniel, and earlier this week, uh, the MLB kind of came out. Well, actually, they didn't, but a, a sports writer came out and said that uh, MLB is thinking about starting up in May and uh, kind of trying to get the season going uh, and everybody going to Arizona, everybody quarantining together. Uh, you may be away from your families for a few months um, and, you know, a lot of doubleheaders. But basically the, the, the crazy thing I thought was, was starting in May. What, uh, what are your thoughts on that? I'm all for it. I, I honestly just want to play, you know. We're, yeah. We were all geared up and ready to go. And then when it abruptly stops like that, it's just it's, it's tough. And so, I mean, if that's our best option, then if it seems, you know, safe enough and reasonable enough, then, yeah, let's do it. Um, I think, you know, I don't know if – I can't speak for every player, but I think the majority of us are ready to, ready to go. And, um, yeah, I mean, it, it does – I don't know if – I don't know if you've seen uh, – master of the skies like that's like the movie like way back when we were kids and but the dude grandpa like he would give him some idea and he's like that's crazy that's crazy that's so crazy it just might work and like <laughs> i've been thinking about so much ever since that article came out i'm like it does seem crazy like it just seems otherworldly <laughs> but it might actually work i don't know so um yeah i know there's a lot of moving parts and and there's a lot of things they gotta kind of dial in to, to get the ball yeah. rolling there but yeah. you know I'm, I'd, I'd love to start playing in May that would be outstanding yeah I actually I saw uh one of one of my friends uh that's a an international player actually posted something about how you know a lot of people are talking about how players are going to be away from their families for a while but that actually is the case for a lot of international players that don't have the benefit of bringing, bringing their family over with them. And basically every year oh, they're doing this, they're coming over without their families. And from January till October, in some cases, not yeah. even saying it's a, good, it's a good point. Totally taking away from any certain families love for each other. But it's like, right. I, I see my parents, like I see my parents maybe three times during the season. And then I train in Santa Barbara and then I, I'm home for like Christmas. Like I don't see my family that often either, but right. I mean, I think everybody understood when you started chasing this dream as a kid that there's going to be a lot of sacrifices. And I think if we're all ready to play and if, if we're called to sacrifice whatever we have to for, you know, four months to to, to play ball, then it's, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's tough because I don't have fan, I don't have the wife or kids, so it's like right. I can't speak on that. Like I. I know that would be very tough, but also, I don't know, it's hard to, it's hard to really kind of decipher what that would feel like. Yeah. Um, but I did hear that they were, they were kind of thinking about like maybe the family would be able to, to stay with. I, yeah, you know, I did hear dad. that too. Cause a lot of the first thing that came out was people like, well, you know, that, what are they going to do without their families? And then I, I did hear something right. about, well, families could actually be included in that. I just think it totally right. defeats yeah. the purpose of like the exponential factor of everything like okay the trainer is working with one person but then he goes home to his wife and kids who were at the grocery store where they picked up coronavirus and then that trainer works with 30 different guys and then they spread it to their four kids and family like it just yeah, kind of defeats a, the whole purpose yeah there's a lot of moving parts yeah it's kind of it's almost sobering to think of every single human in the world right now as being affected by this like this is yeah. not it, it, it's kind of crazy to think about that and so it is yeah. kind of no down nobody's better yeah, than anybody else you know when you're stripped away yeah, of all your money everyone is human and that's that's the whole thing with healthcare too is 
no matter how good of healthcare you have or how horrible of healthcare you have, one virus can can take away the person with the best healthcare. You know, a hundred percent. And so, yeah, I think that um, you know, the whole time we've been dealing with this, I've I've kind of held on hope to like. <clears throat> I feel like one day I'm just gonna wake up and reluctantly open Twitter, and then it's gonna be some good news <laughs> maybe one day. So. <laughs> I thought yeah, you were gonna say one day I'm gonna that. wake up and just be Kelly Slater, but that's not what you said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be a dream. Um, um, earlier, uh, earlier in the episode, I kind of talked briefly about um, Al Kaline, and I wanted to talk a little bit about him since he passed away earlier this week and was obviously a yeah. huge part of Tigers history and a huge part of baseball history, and and really one of the best to do it, and and one of the best guys. Uh, one of the best people. And that's kind of what I wanted to highlight and, and to have you and, uh, and John Hicks on later is just to kind of talk about him and the person that he was. And, and one of the things uh, when I think of him is my, right before I actually got drafted in 2013, I had my pre-draft workout and uh, you know, he was there, him, Al Avila, a bunch of, you know, a bunch of people there, but I see Al Kaline and I'm like, Oh my gosh, that's him. And I actually yeah. knew him from when I was younger, from when my brother got drafted. And I remember I went through my couple rounds of BP and I was like, oh my gosh, I just killed it. I hit a couple balls out of Comerica Park. I was like, this is, this is going great. And I walk out and I walk over to him and he's like, hey, Ben, how's it going? And he goes, you looked a little nervous in there, huh? You a little, <laughs> little nervous? And I was like, oh my God, yeah, so nervous. And here I thought I, thought I just killed it and he was going to like compliment. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. So oh, I, wanted, yeah. I, was, I wanted to see, you know, I wanted to, get your thoughts and, and any stories you had about him yeah yeah he certainly says what he feels that's <laughs> yeah I found um, that out the biggest thing I, I think about with Mr. Kalon is, is is just how like his genuine his genuine feel for like caring for other people was that that to me was just insane like I I can't tell you how many times I saw him just pulling guys aside and having like a heart to heart and um I don't know. It was like every time he walked through the door, it was like it was like almost like people were lining up to go shake his hand. Yeah. You know? And and this is like mid season when he, he's there, like every every game of the homestand, you know. So it's like every day was was kind of precious with him, and and I think that um, everybody appreciated his presence and what he meant to not only you know the Detroit Tigers but Major League Baseball. I mean, the guy was what like an eighteen-time All Star, you know, and it's like something yeah. insane. Didn't play a single like game that. in the minor leagues. How crazy is that? Yeah, it's so crazy. And like thirteen or ten or some some odd numbers, gold gloves. Like the guy was so good at baseball, but like I never once, if I didn't know who he was, I would never know that he was that good. You know, he was just like yeah. he was just kind of like a grandfather to everybody that had wisdom and and wanted to share it. Um, a, a funny, a fun story I'll I'll tell is. Um, there was I can't remember if this was last year or the year before, but I I, I had a bad start and I kind of came out. I was out of the game early because he he would be down he'd be down there sometimes early in the game and then yeah. maybe go up and sit wherever he, he would sit and then so I was out of the game early. Probably like the third inning I got beat around and uh, I've had plenty of bad games in my career. So I mean I was bummed out, but I was I was okay, you know. And I'm so I'm walking up and I get up to my locker and. Um, I take my spikes off, take my jersey off, and my hat, and uh, so I was kind of like turned around in my locker, and, and then when I turn around to kind of face like the clubhouse, he's standing right in front of me, and I just kind of looked at him, and he didn't say one word. He just 
he just, you know, puts his hands on my shoulders, looks me dead in the eyes, and I'm just looking at his eyes. And, you know, he's got those, like, Paul Newman-esque steel <laughs> eyes where he's just like, you're just in trance. I'm like, uh, and, and, and I'm looking at him, and he just, it's almost like he was fighting back tears. And I was just like, what? And then I started, like, fighting back tears. <laughs> and then, and then uh, he just kind of, like, gave me a nod, took a couple steps away, and he, and he looked back at me and he said, just keep going. And I don't know, like that, that to me, he knew exactly what he was doing in that moment. And it was yeah. just, it was just special. And I, and I, I remember like, it just kind of like, I don't know, it, there's so much value in having guys like him around the team, you know, and I mean, and, and you know, Tram and, and Willie and yeah. all those guys that are always around like that to me is so freaking cool because yeah. they have, they've been exactly where we are. They, they've done it for so long and they were so good. And it's, they're like an open book. Like, you know, I mean, you've talked to those guys. Like, it could, if you dive into a conversation, you better have a few hours on your hands. You know? 100%. They just, just, have, they just have so much they want to share. And that's amazing to have that. And, yeah. And, and they genuinely want to share it. And, and just to be able to walk out of the clubhouse in the morning and see Al Kaline walking around in his baseball pants and a Tigers like his <laughs> BP jacket. Yeah. It's so cool. Like, you know, and, and, yeah. and those are like, really those are the things I'll, I'll never forget. Never. And, and, you know, I know this is about Al and, um, but him and him and Tram were like, you know, they were like so close, you know, best buds and they were always talking and hanging out and much love for each other. And, and just thinking about Tram too, like he, how much he loves the game of baseball. It's like, Every day that he's he's around, he's out there shagging balls with us, doing the bucket, yeah. which is like the worst thing ever. <laughs> you know, he's in the he's in the weight room every day, just getting after it. Like that, if anything, it's just inspiring for us players to see somebody that's so decorated as as they are in their baseball career to, to still be just you know striving to feel more baseball. Like they're so in love with the game of baseball that they don't miss a game. Um, yeah. I think it's pretty pretty special. You yeah. almost wish that you were like teammates with him, so you could kind of see what he was like back then. You know? Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, I've thought about that before. Daniel, we will not take too much more of your time. Is there anything else that we might have missed that you want to share? Uh, no. I guess I got nothing. But I, yeah, that was yeah, a, that was a, have, you know. that was a good story. It's like he really he knew what your emotions were like when you came out and struggled it's like he knew and he didn't have to say anything he, he, he didn't have to say a word he just knew what you were thinking and knew exactly what to do that's cool yeah it was it was special like i'll never forget that and you know as good as he was you know like you said 18, 18 time all-star and all that like he struggled too you know every baseball yeah. player struggles they go through ups and downs so as good as he was he's also been to the point where he's fearing that failure you know and um so if he's got a remedy to get you, get you out of it, then he, he wants to share it. Love that. All right. Well, Daniel, thank you so, so much for all of your input and for answering yeah, the crazy thank questions. You. Appreciate your time. <laughs> yeah. You can always come on whenever you want if you get bored or lonely yeah. during quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. Thanks. Thank you guys. Yeah, for thanks sharing. so much, Hope man. Stay safe and- all right. Well, that was Daniel Norris. Now we're joined by John Hicks, who used to be a catcher for the Detroit Tigers. Now he's with the Diamondbacks organization. How's it going, John? It's good. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Thanks for coming so on, Jazz. Appreciate it. Um, I just need to know before we begin, why does Ben call you Jazz? <laughs> um, all right. So the story goes that when I was a kid, 
that whenever music would come on, I would just start dancing. And so my dad gave me the nickname. It started out as as jazz man. Cause, and then uh, I got shortened to jazz. And so now um, pretty much everyone in my hometown calls me that. Um, like I know in high school, like the lineup cards, my name would be jazz. And uh, I had a few people in college that call me that. And then since I've gotten to pro ball, there's, maybe one or two people that still call me it. But whenever I'm at home, that's what I'm known as. And do you for- like this nickname or do you not like it? <laughs> I, I like it. I'm, I'm, you know, people ask me like, you know, what do you want to be called? And I'm like, honestly, I, I could care less. Like it's, you know, I go by jazz or John or John Austin, which is my first and middle name because my dad's name is John as well. But we have different middle names. So uh, so I go by all kinds of different things. <laughs> People are like, what do you want to be called? And you're like, I want to be called my favorite musical genre. And everyone's like, jazz, <laughs> yeah, got it. Exactly. It's, so, it's so weird hearing people call him John for me. Cause, so Jazz and I grew up in the same hometown, both from a place called Goochland, Virginia. And real quick backstory, his older brother and my older brother are best friends. And Jazz was a couple years older than me in school. And then when I got drafted, we were both playing pro ball and we'd work out together in the off seasons and we just both became best friends. So now our older brothers are best friends. We're best friends. And it's just, it's cool. So is it weird if I call you jazz? You can be honest. No, not at all. <laughs> I, pref- I would prefer you to, I don't know about him, but it, it, it would make me happier if you would. I don't feel comfortable. It kind of goes back to what I was saying like a couple episodes ago, Ben, when it was like, nobody calls Derek Jeter, Derek. Like you would never just be like, what's up, Derek? Yeah. Like, it's such a, a weird, or like Mike Trout. Like, that's a great hey, point. Hey, Mike. That's a good point. And there's nobody that when I think Derek Jeter, I think John Hicks. So it's a great point. They're <laughs> one, in the, one in the same. Um, exactly. So where, I'm assuming you're quarantining in Virginia? I am. I am in my house with my wife and our four-month-old. So oh we're, my gosh. we're just having a ball. Well, aren't you glad you had that four-month-old before all this happened? Oh, for sure. It was coming when we were told we had to go home from Arizona, it was we both kind of freaked out a little bit trying to get on a plane and get here. But uh, since we've been home, we've, it's been smooth sailing. So we're good. 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 Well, I'm, I'm glad that you guys don't do that, but now you get like extra time with your, with your wife and your four month old. <laughs> Absolutely. We're, uh, we're trying to teach him all the, the, you know, the ways of life. So uh, he's, he's growing up quickly. It's kind of crazy. Aw. So, um, you, like you guys said, you, you've known Ben for, for a long time. Um, I personally, this is literally just from my knowledge, who's the better golfer out of you guys? Uh, so the last time Ben and I played golf, I just absolutely uh, destroyed him. How so that's did I know you would matters. bring up the very last time? He's beat me one time in our entire, maybe twice, the last that is, time. That's a lot. He shot that's the round of his life, and he beat me. <laughs> And now it's like the most recent one. So, and uh, I knew that wouldn't come up. Okay. And I think you're I know only the answer. as good as your last game. <laughs> That's true. That is so true. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I think I know the answer to this, but who is better in the weight room? What do you mean you think you know the answer? I mean, <laughs> that is like, I mean, that's not even a competition. Ben. I try to, we would go work out together and I'd be like, Ben, like lift some more weight, like get heavier weight. <laughs> and he'd be like, I'm doing, I'm fine over here. Just worry about yourself. But the one year where I finally convinced Ben to like, all right, 
I'm, I did that like pretty easy. I'm going to go up until like I fail doing a weight was the biggest Ben had ever been in his life. The strongest he'd ever been. And he was still just benching the bar. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Okay. Um, So I actually have a question now, since you say you're only as good as your last outing. So last, not this past off season, two ago, we, Jazz and I always used to do this thing called the hit game where we would hit and whoever gets more line drives in this round wins. I was no longer playing baseball at this time. This was, and Jazz and I decided to play the hit game for old time's sake. Why don't you tell us who won that, Jazz? While well, you're a current major league catcher, who won? Uh, you know what? I, I just I must have erased that from my memory. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. So, Ben, unless there's anything else you want to ask, I want to I want to hear what John thinks about the MLB proposal. Yeah. So, so Jazz, the earlier this week, the MLB proposal came out. Um, you know, it starts in May. Uh, you know, uh, and this is all a proposal, but it would start in May, uh, kind of everybody find their way out to Arizona. And then it kind of essentially just be like one big bubble, one baseball bubble. Everybody's in the same, you know, playing in the same few stadiums and not really having any contact with the outside world, playing a lot of double headers, you know, sitting far apart. Um, so I wanted to get your thoughts on that and, and, and see if you were on board for that or if you would be. Um, you know, I, I mean, I, obviously I think it's a tough time for everybody in baseball and everywhere, everybody in the world, honestly, you know, but, um, and, but as a baseball player, like we want to play. Um, so, you know, in that aspect, like, you know, the sooner we can get playing, like, yeah, absolutely we'll want to play, but there's a lot of holes in the proposal with, I think one of the biggest issues that a lot of players have is being away from their family for potentially four and a half months. Yeah. Um, because the original proposal said it was just going to be players, family weren't going to, wasn't going to be allowed in a hotel. Um, so, I mean, that's just one of the main issues with it. Um, but, you know, I think that's one of many proposals and ideas that Major League Baseball has. <clears throat> and they're going to have to get it all approved with the Players Association and then obviously, you know, government officials and all of that. But, um, you know, I mean, so there's, there's obviously good things and bad things in it. Um, you know, I don't think it's I, my honest opinion is I don't think it's going to happen that quickly. I think there's I agree yeah. from what I've heard kind of the peak in Arizona is going to be right around that time. Um, so I, I don't think it's going to be quite possible to pull that off. But, you know, hopefully, you know, somewhere maybe a month in June, hopefully. Um, and then, you know, I think the when it finally does happen, it'll be it'll start out maybe like that where kind of everybody starts in one place, which, you know, obviously would make complete sense. And and then maybe without fans, which, you know, that's going to be hard for players playing without fans. It's going to be a very weird, like you're going to hear everything in those stadiums. Like you, like I'm going to be talking to a guy on the bench and like the other team is going to hear it because it's going (laughs) to be so quiet in there. It's going to be really weird. Um, And, you know, obviously being, uh, competitive athlete like you love having the fans there and they supply yeah. some energy for you um, so hopefully hopefully you know this thing will kind of calm down a little bit as it gets warmer and, and hopefully we can get back to playing as soon as possible but I think it's awesome that you know MLB and the Players Association are working so hard together and and kind of trying to find a way that hopefully we can bring sports back to people because you know they're that'll definitely 
lifts some spirits and, and, you know, obviously not being there in person as a fan, but seeing it on TV, you know, I think, I think it'll definitely break some uh, records for viewers with, you know, when sports finally come back on. This might be a really specific question that you haven't thought about, but as a catcher, you are touching the baseball, you know, every, every pitch, every play. So mm-hmm. knowing that there's going to be multiple pitchers in, you're, you're touching that baseball more than any other player. Um, does that worry you in terms of germs at all? Um, that is something I have not thought about. It's <laughs> a, a very, very good question. Um, so I don't know if you know how a baseball is rubbed up. Are you, are you aware of that? All right, so I'll explain it to you. So when you get a baseball out of the box, like it is so slippery, like you can't, right, 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 you right, can't right. grip it at all. So, yeah. so they put this stuff called like Mississippi mud on the ball. Well, when they do it, like it's not just the mud that goes on it. It's like water and like the people that rub it up. Most people that I've ever seen do it, like they spit on the ball. Right, so right, yeah. <laughs> not only are you you're having, you're having the pitchers, you know, whatever. Well, they lick their finger and then they. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, from what I can tell, like, I mean, if the, from what that proposal said, like everyone that is going to be touching a baseball will get tested, I'm guessing, frequently. But obviously that can't happen until there's enough tests to do that. Um, so I don't know how regularly everyone would be tested, but um, I think it would be pre- frequently enough to where it kind of gives you a little bit of peace of mind. Jazz, I saw a picture the other day. I don't know if you follow uh, Dixon Machado on Instagram, but so Dixon mm-hmm. is uh, an ex-teammate of both of ours, and he's actually playing over in, in Korea right now, and they're starting back up, I actually believe, this weekend or, or soon. And he posted a picture uh, playing with a mask on. What um, Would you ever be down to play with, like, a mask on? Um, okay, I mean, future. Sorry, we got some – We got. <laughs> We got oh. some, some baby crying in there, uh, <laughs> but um, I mean, I mean, if that would get us back playing, I mean, I wouldn't be a, completely opposed to it. Yeah. I mean, he already I'm a plays that with a mask. Gets, That's a good point, <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> but and I, I'm I just, a person that spits a lot, like just like a, it's like a weird habit I have. So like I spit, just it might be, it might cause me some problems spitting. I might cut <laughs> it down. It'd probably be a good thing. That's a good point. So uh, yeah. I was just going to say, I think there's a lot of flaws with this MLB proposal. And I, I trust me, I want baseball to come more than anybody else back into our lives. But I just think there's just way too much. And, and, and like I said earlier in our podcast, which you didn't hear, John, but I just think this is way bigger than baseball and people kind of need to get over it from a sports standpoint. And this is my livelihood. So, you know, don't take it lightly. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, do, I think there's I do. I do agree with that um, to, to some degree, but there also like baseball can be a, a heal it can heal but if there is a way to to you know this is a proposal and if there is a way to bring everybody in and make sure they're all safe then why not i think the country needs it you know yeah yeah i agree with both like there's this obviously is bigger than sports it's about you know people's lives but uh and like ben said it is a proposal and you like stuff is not going to get going until they can not necessarily guarantee because there's nothing's ever a 100% guarantee, but until they can provide pretty good odds that nothing is going to happen. So, you know, I think it is a proposal and there are plenty of flaws and hopefully they're going to keep working to, to make it right. Yeah. So Jazz, earlier this week, uh, Mr. Al Kaline passed away. 
um, who was a huge, huge part of the Tigers organization and, and was always, you know, always around. And, and not only that, one, one of the best players of all time, but also one of the best people of all time. And, and when I think of him, I, I just can't help but think back to being with the Tigers and just him always just walking around in a uniform or there for you. Or when you go eat in the cafeteria, he'll sit down and talk to you for hours. And he's just the, the most humble human being you could ever come across that, that has had so much success in their life. So you know, I just wanted to talk to you and, and see if you had any cool stories or, or interactions with him. Uh, yeah, I mean, like you said, he's, he's probably the nicest, most, like, just, like, wise. Like, it's just, like, it's, you can't really find the words to describe him. Like, he's yeah. just – and, I like, you and I, we never saw him play, which – Obviously, he's a Hall of Famer in that aspect, but like, just he's a Hall of Fame person, like, just incredible person to be around. Like, I would, I remember being in my locker every day, and I, I tweeted this out when I found out that he passed away. Like, I'd be sitting in my my locker, and my locker was right along the hallway, and I'd be sitting there on my phone, or you know, looking at scouting reports, or doing whatever, just in my locker, not paying attention, and someone would walk up behind me and like he'd put me in a headlock and like I would turn around <laughs> and laugh and you know we'd we'd so then we'd just start talking and I mean every day it was like he he loved baseball he loved being around the guys and you know last year we'd be down in the cage and next thing you know here he comes down into the cage and he's watching guys hit and you know I had my ups and downs last season and uh, you know, I was going through a little bit of a tough time and I, I was sitting down there in the cage just trying to figure some stuff out and he comes down and I sit, finish up hitting and I sit down beside him and he's like, you know, we just start talking hitting and he's like, hey, you know, something that I think would help you out, like, you know, maybe get your foot down a little bit earlier and then you can recognize pitches and like just, you know, a guy that doesn't have to do that who's, yeah. you know, obviously one of the best players of all time and doesn't like you know he's made his living on the field and now he's he's you know a, a special assistant to the GM but he just wanted to be around the guys and um I mean we would every Sunday he'd come in and he'd go to chapel with all the guys and he'd be in there and he'd be talking about people that he wanted to pray for and like people were having tough times and and you know he was so caring about everyone that he was around and um, it was, it was, uh, you know, obviously just a, he's a really special person uh, to everyone yeah. that encountered him. Yeah. Michelle. So the last time I actually saw, uh, Mr. Kaline was last year when my, one of my, one of all of our friends, we traveled up to Detroit to surprise jazz for his birthday. Um, so we went up and, you know, one of the day we're, we're down on the field watching batting practice and Mr. Kaline comes out on the field and, and come, he, he saw me and, you know, came walking over and, and just the nicest guy in the world was asking all about, you know, how I was doing. And it had been a little while since I had seen him. And we all took a, a picture together. And uh, it was just a really cool moment with him being out there. And um, there were so many little kids that came up to him. And he was signing every autograph he possibly could have for a good wow. 20, 30 minutes. And it, honestly, it, I, I, can't, I can't say enough about the guy. So you might have carpal tunnel and you just never knew. <laughs> he, he signed uh he signed a lot of all that's awesome I guarantee you that that's awesome i wish i uh i wish i had gotten to meet him and, and get to know him like you guys did yeah it's uh it's something i won't forget i mean jazz just to be able to walk out of a locker room and he's just i, I just think it's so cool he'd just be wearing baseball pants and like a bp top and he's, it's just like he was one of the guys still and and you'd almost never know 
no, never know how good he actually was. Obviously, since since the news broke of him passing away, like there's been a ton of MLB and the Tigers and uh, you know all all sorts of accounts have posted highlights of him playing and yeah. like watching you know so I like I said we never got to see him doing that but watching those highlights and stuff it, like it, it brought a smile to my face like seeing him do what he was so good at like yeah. he's like you said one of the best players to ever do it and watching him do it it was like it was just you know it brought joy to my to my heart for sure yeah I love he's, it. he's Mr. Tiger you know yeah well John thank you so much for sharing all this with me and thank you for giving me some ammo against Ben with his golf game and his <laughs> weight room situation um certainly hope you stay safe hope you and the fam stay safe and thank you so much yeah, thank you all so much for having me on. It was a blast, and good luck with dealing with Ben on these podcasts. I know yeah. how uh, how tough it can be to to get through times with Ben. So yeah, you you good luck dealing with me next time on a golf course, okay? John, just, just for reference, <laughs> just for reference, he's wearing a quarter zip. Like, why are you wearing a quarter zip? You're not going golfing anytime soon. <laughs> Secondly, he has a backwards hat on, and he has like alfalfas coming out of the little ponytail hole in the hat. It's just, it's a mess. Look. Uh, I mean, don't even start. Not that I'm one to talk right now, but don't even start. I know he's sitting in his house with baggy basketball shorts down to his knees and a bat and a Goochland baseball t-shirt with his hair pointing in eight different directions. Don't even get me started here. Not true. Not true. I've been working very hard today. Mm -hmm. So I just showered. I fixed my hair and I don't have shorts or a Goochland baseball shirt on. So he's like, I'm in a robe. (laughs) (laughs) all right well thank you so much that's it for millennial sports talk we hope you download and subscribe and we'll see you next week without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you no matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.